I don't think we'll ever get out of here. They tattooed our brains with this ugliness and we'll never get it off. You want to make it a double feature? No. Sure you don't want to see my selected shorts? I don't even want to hear your Looney Tunes. Where is the 8063rd during all this? Why aren't they taking some of this heat for us? They bugged out, Colonel. Well, eventually they had to disembug themselves. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Hey, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 22, Dreams. It's the 195th episode overall, directed by Alan Alda, story by Alan Alda and James J. Rubenfire, teleplay by Alan Alda, originally aired on February 18th, 1980, and the production code is S. 612. Waltz a little faster, folks. New shipment of wounded in 15 minutes. <sighs> Haven't had wounded for at least half an hour. What is this? Anyway? We better take shifts. Margaret, why don't you grab a nap? I think I'd better. There's this little restaurant. Little restaurant in Sausalito where a seagull sits on the windowsill. You can tell by his expression he doesn't have any idea that people shoot at each other. When I get out of here. I'm going there every day until I get that same expression on my face. I don't think we'll ever get out of here. They tattooed our brains with this ugliness and we'll never get it off. Well, I'm going to escape right now for exactly two hours. Sweet dreams, Margaret. That's what I'm planning on. You want to make it a double feature? No. You sure you don't want to see my selected shorts? I don't even want to hear your Looney Tunes. I also have the plot summary. During a hectic, non-stop rush of wounded that is overcrowding the camp, the staff's brief naps have disturbing dreams in which the war is a never-ending intrusion. Abdominal wound. Where do you want him? No place. We haven't got a pair of hands free. Hold it. You turn. Where is the 8063rd during all this? Why aren't they taking some of this heat for us? They bugged out, Colonel. Well, eventually they had to disembug themselves. Find out where they're bugging to, and we'll send them a few neatly wrapped packages. Meanwhile, call for some ambulances and clear out post-op. We're getting too many customers. I think it's time to take down the sign that says no cover, no minimum. I'll be back before you can say Baba Ganoush. Damn. Can't make my fingers work. Slight case of surgeon's cramp. Somebody take over for him. I'm fine. Connie, how'd you like to close? I thought you'd never ask. Move. Come on, it's just a temporary spasm. They take a temporary hike. Sure. Push a guy around. Boy. If I could make a fist, I'd be shaking it in the air right now. Have yourself a nice long rest and be back here in 12 minutes. And the guest stars for this episode, we have Robin Haynes, who plays Taylor. Haynes was born on July the 20th, 1953 in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he's an actor known for Hot Dog, the movie, To Be or Not To Be, and Third Watch. Oh, I hate to say it, I have seen Hot Dog, the movie. Yeah, I've seen Hot Dog, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Ford Rainey, who played General Coogan. Uh, he guest starred on many television series, including The Adventures of Kit Carlson, Bonanza, the Invaders, The Brothers Brannigan, 
in the 1961 series finale, The Hunter and the Hunted, The Tall Man, Stony Brook, Daniel Boone, Gunsmoke, The Wild Wild West, Empire, The Untouchables, and the 1976 Western Sarah. Wow, he was in a lot of uh, Western stuff. Yeah, there was a lot there. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I probably only know uh, Bonanza, The Invaders, The Invaders, and uh, Gunsmoke, and The Untouchables. And that's it. Uh, yeah. I don't recognize any other thing. <laughs> that's probably the reason why he's in so many of them. <laughs> And then we have Fred Stuntman, who plays the professor. Now, he started his acting career as a TV horror host on KCOP TV 13 in Los Angeles in 1963. And he has over 59 credits on International Movie Database. Nice. Then we have Rick Walm, who played Lieutenant Garvey. We think this is his only film credit. Uh, again, uh, incredibly hard to try and find any information on him. Uh, but uh, but still, there you go. Rick, get in touch if you're not dead. <laughs> Then we have Catherine Bergstrom, who plays Peg Honeycutt. Now, she only has seven credits on IMDb, but uh, this also includes a part in Halloween 2, so not bad. There you go. And, of course, we have Kelly Nakahara returning as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. And Connie Isay returns as Nurse Connie. We also have Curtis Sanders as Young Potter, known for his work on The Island in 2005, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 92, and The One in 2001. His main credits are for stunt work. Which makes you wonder if that's the reason why he's uh, on the horse. He's on the horse. Ah. Is he on the horse, is he? He is on the horse, yeah. He's on a small horse, isn't he? He's on the horse, yep. Makes you wonder there. And uh, then we have Dennis Troyer, the orderly. Uh, Dennis appeared in 23 episodes of MASH. And actually, when you you do see a picture of Dennis, um, you do recognise him quite a lot. Yeah. uh, I think he looks a little bit like Frank Oz. Oh, I'll have to go back and take a look. From day one. (laughs) (laughs) And then rounding out our guests, we have Ray Lynch, who was the bridegroom. Uh, This is his second and last credit on MASH. Some lieutenant at battalion says he signed out for him, and he won't send them up here where they're liable to get shot at. I think he's a very new lieutenant. Pierce, get somebody on this patient. Right. Charles? I think not, Suter. After this, I'm taking a nap. Who's going to work on that patient over there? I presume, as you are chief surgeon, chiefly you. Lieutenant? With all due respect, what are you using for brains? Chopped liver? Colonel, I personally signed out for those ambulances. If they get blown up, it'll be coming out of my paycheck for as long as I live. You ninny, the army expects them to be destroyed. That's what they give them to us for. That's not what they told me, Colonel. Why don't you give me a call when the shooting lightens up a bit? Lieutenant, I am gonna go over your head, just barely over your head, so you better hang on to your skull. Klinger, get me General Embry. Let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting thing at the beginning here. It, uh, Gary Berghoff has a credit. No idea really? why. Yeah. Um, no idea why. Maybe he's um, in one of the flashbacks? No, that's weird. No, he's not. No, yeah. no, no, because no, it's, all, it's all modern flashbacks. So, um, and I, I did think, uh, was I... I did. I did um, doubt myself a little bit later well, earlier on. I was thinking, uh, was this one of the other episodes? But he's not in any of them, so um, yeah. it is. It did a bit weird. This one. Um, I adore this episode. I absolutely adore it. I love the kind of uh, psychedelic kind of feel to it. Um, mm. It's something that stood out to me as well. In fact, um, this is the era that I first start to, started watching Mash in England. 
1980 because I was like seven. Yeah. Um, and and this one really stands out. And I think it was actually probably one of the first episodes I ever saw. So it's kind of like there's, there's probably a little bit of a personal thing to it. But it's also when you think about it, it does knock you about a little bit. All the stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we start off with Margaret in a wedding dress, which is a wonderful scene, especially the way the husband to be. And it, it's no one that we recognise as well, by the way. So it could, could be a mixture of all the characters that she's found in love with. Mm-hmm. Just gets up and marches off. I always find that really disturbing. And then her with the blood on her dress. Um, and then the, all the patients in her bed. Yeah. There's a psychological thing yeah. to that. Yep. All about the fact that Margaret, not so much in this time, uh, but in past time, uh, hot lips, should we call her, um, pat, you know, hot lips back then. She's Margaret now. She was hot lips back then. The way that she kind of had a reputation for sleeping with generals and all this kind of stuff. A little bit like the, the in the last episode we talked about with the with the uh, the American soldier who was guilty about killing fellow Chinese people. Mm-hmm. Is that a psychological thing where she think that she felt comfort and solace by sleeping with people to get over the being in this war? I think it could well be. It's something yeah. Alan Alda would probably write to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Peg dancing. The, the, BJ has his spasm, uh, which was a common thing with, with longer uh, with, with, with writers cramping kind of thing. I really like that. That was a nice kind of touch. And the, the whole dancing around the, the operating theatres. And if you notice on quite several of these kind of dream sequences, it's Potter who's the one who calls them all back in. Mm. And that's quite... that. He's the key to a lot of these things. Um, the child thing always sticks in my head with the way he's doing the magic show and... And then the tap dancing when he realises that the patient dies. And I think that's probably one of the most horrific patient dying scenes we've yes. ever seen on MASH. Yes. There's something really disturbing. He's pale. He's, well, there's he's no music and it's no. silent without yeah. just his gurgling. Just, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the kind of like the deaf, you know, the deaf kind of like gurgle that's going yeah. on there. Um, you know, the, uh, Father Mulcahy again, he's always he's always doubted himself. You know, is he of any worth? What's the point of him doing it? And then suddenly he's a cardinal. Yeah. Um, but what is again very more disturbing about that, and and again wonderfully written by the two uh, the two writers here, is when you see the, uh, the Jesus on the cross, but then it turns out to be a soldier on the a cross. A soldier on the cross. Yes. Cross. Yeah. That is such such an, a, a really kind of like um, interesting thing. Klinger obviously going back to Toledo, and again we see it's, it's Potter in the in the room calling yeah. him back in. You know, everyone's got to come back on there. And Hawkeye is one which I, I I'm not too sure about this if it's mentioned in the the uh, trivia, but Hawkeye's the only one who speaks in the whole of these dream sequences. It's yeah. only Hawkeye's the only one that he speaks, and when he takes his arm off, and but. What is is for me really noticeable about this is actually David Ogden Styers is acting when he's looking at Hawkeye. He's not doing anything. He's yep. just looking at Hawkeye. Yeah. And then when he realizes he's the one who's got to take his right arm out, there's such a, a look of kind of like horror there. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's it's really disturbing and. You know, I like the bit where they all they all decide to stay and have another coffee because they all know they've had these kind of strange dreams. It's a very common thing, sleep deprivation causing hallucinations and, and surreal dreams that have real like scenarios going on. Yeah. And I just thought this was a wonderful idea. And I actually gave this ten out of ten. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I I just adore the whole thing of uh, you know, there's no there's no comedy really in this. There's uh, you know, and although I adore Mash for its comedy. Um, every now and again, I think it's nice to have something that Alan Alda always said he wanted to do from day one. Yep. Make sure you don't forget about the fact that this is war, and the fact that all these people, all the nurses, all the orderlies, all the you know the chaplain, and everybody suffers 
Um, and like we, again, with with Potter, when he sees his you know, his younger self, although yeah. he's 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 just a desperate, he's just almost like a home desperation. The fact that he, you know, he was yes. so close to yeah, getting yeah, back yeah. home. Yeah. You know, as we 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 class him as a uh, you know a professional soldier, and this is his job. But no, I, I just thought he was so just so good, just so good, so yeah. psychedelic, so and something that sticks in your head and, and and actually bothers you. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I uh, it's funny as Again, I this is one of the most prominent episodes I remember as a kid mm. watching. I didn't like it. Oh my, thought, okay. No, I, no, no, I didn't like it then. Oh my, yeah. I think I was just too young, and I was, yeah. you know, I was probably a little older than you when I saw it, because uh, in eighty I was ten. So, yeah. you know, I just it would just it 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 was too confusing. I don't think I understood the concepts. I don't think I got it. So always in my mind, I associated this as being one of my least favorite episodes of MASH. Mm, right. I know that I, I remember the name Dreams. That was a prominent. But watching it again, and I, you know, I've seen it here and there, but I always turn it off because, like, oh, I remember I don't like this episode. Oh, it's that <laughs> episode again, and I turned it off. But mm. for the podcast, I actually, you know, I have to watch them so I can talk about them. Yeah. I watched it, and I was like, I got so much out of this. Mm. Watching it a second time as an adult understanding it more, understanding the characters more, especially since we've been doing this podcast. And I feel yeah. like I really know the characters well. And you get this little peek into their psyche, you know, of how the war is affecting each one of them. And it has affected mm. every single one of these people. They are damaged. All of them will be damaged, you know, and probably will continue to have these little nightmares here and there oh, uh, yeah. about the war. Uh, but it was interesting, interesting to see. And, and I mean, you went through everything beautifully, so I don't really need to reiterate all the dreams. But it was really cool to see Margaret and her, you know, wanting to be married, wanting to be a wife. But then, yeah. you know, the men in her lives going to war and dying. And, you know, it was just it was so well done. I love seeing Peg uh, and, you know, the desperation of like losing his wife to other people, uh, you know, because the other two men come down to, to retrieve Peg when uh, yeah. BJ is stuck being you know, a surgeon. Uh, I just like that little symbolism there. Potter's dream was interesting just for the fact that it wasn't sad. Most of them were like disturbing. Mm. All it was was Potter on a horse, like you said, like missing home. Yeah. Um, you know, longing to be home. And, you know, you hear his mom's voice, but that's it. You don't see anybody else. You know, and he even says to Klinger, you know, I wish you would have given me a little bit, you know, a few more seconds because mm. I haven't tasted uh, whatever food he was he mentioned. Yeah. Um, but that was that was really so his his dream like was the least disturbing of all the dreams I felt. Charles always feels like he has to perform, you know he's always on. Yes, uh, that that was that was really cool, and you know, uh, the cold sweat just coming off his head uh, <laughs> was was really well done. Uh, I liked Follow Mulcahy, and like you said, the whole symbolism of of Christ on the on a cross, and it was actually a soldier dripping yeah. blood onto the Bible. Kind of disturbing. There was a lot of blood in this episode. The was I mean, considering how much we le we didn't see to start off. Yeah, much, you know? we, yeah. Normally, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a show about surgery, but you don't really see much blood. You know, sometimes no, it spurts um, here and there, but there's no laugh track on this either. No, um, because because no. <clears throat> when I went, because I always turn the laugh track off. And oh, when okay. I went into the settings, there was no. It wasn't even there anyway. So yeah. it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think we mentioned earlier that there's very little music in this. Mm. You know, there's it's it's and I think that it adds to the ambiance to the feel of, of the episode without music. Klinger's dream, you know, him fearing death. That's why he wants out of the army. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and his dream is him on the operating operating table, you know, dying. So, I mean, that's just, I couldn't even imagine. I can't believe I did 211 patients in 33 hours. Oh, I know. It's amazing, that's, I, yeah, I was trying to calculate how much time they spent with each patient, but it's difficult because, you know, you know, we know there's four doctors technically, but then there's that night shift that always works somehow in yeah. between. <laughs> but I was like, that's just crazy that they, they worked on that many people in that short amount of time. Hawkeye just dream, I think, was the most disturbing of him taking his arms off and then in a boat by himself. Yeah, that's the scene that always sticks in my head with the, yes. the uh That's the one that you think of. Legs. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you think of when you watch or you hear about this episode is that one. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, right, okay. Um, which, like I said, from when it was, when I first saw this, I really Today, didn't like it. Yeah. And, when I, and when I saw it on the list that we had to go and see, I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> I'll have to watch this one again, you know. But I'm so glad I rewatched it um, yeah. because it was so well done. Uh, overall, I really, I really enjoyed this episode. Which is really, I'm glad. I'm glad I rewatched it and was able to appreciate it as an adult. Yeah, uh, and and really enjoy it. How you feeling, General? I'd feel better if I had a little privacy. Sorry, General. Right now, privacy is anything less than three to a bunk. There's no reason these boys have to be crowded together. Why can't you evacuate some of them? Because down at battalion, some Yahoo of a first lieutenant won't send us any ambulances. Why the hell not? He says there's a lot of shooting going on, and he doesn't want the ambulances to get hurt. Damn jackass. If I had 30 seconds with that pimple-headed lieutenant, I'd boil his bars for him. Well, I think we can put that through. Person to pimple. Lieutenant? Yes, sir. Get Klinger in here. We got a call to make. Right away, sir. Uh, okay, yeah. So um, I gave it 10. You gave it eight and a half. Uh, and IMDb gave it a 7.8, so it's uh, more more towards you than mine. But I think it's a very, <clears throat> it's definitely a Marmite episode, I think, this one, is you either really like it and kind of look at the, the psychological points of it, or you, you kind of think, uh, you know what, I, I kind of like just the normal style mash, and ununderstandable, really. I can see why that's been given that. Yeah, I, I felt it was a little low. I, mm. was, I was thinking at least an 8, because it's so well acted. You know, as yeah. you pointed out, many of those... And then many of them are just little nuances because you're not li- really looking. They're not saying much, but it's just their facial expression or their reaction mm. to something. I just felt it. I, I think it deserved a little bit higher. But, you know, the public mm. has spoken. <clears throat> 7.8. <laughs> That's it. Clinger! 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 You better run a phone line to post op in the next two minutes or you're in big trouble. Oh, thank you, Lieutenant. Those are the sweetest words I've ever heard. I'm alive. I'm alive. Oh, Lieutenant. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one here. Klinger is from Toledo, Ohio, which is Farr's own hometown. Uh, One of the locations that Klinger talks about a lot is Tony Paco's Cafe, which is a real restaurant, and Klinger dreams that he is visiting Tony Paco's Cafe. Uh, the address given on the cafe in Klinger's Dream is 1902 Front Street, which is the actual address of the real Tony Paco's in Toledo. Oh, what if it's still there? I don't know. It's been a while. Mm. I guess I can look that up and see. Yeah, Binger's right. Um, now, Charles Emerson Winchester III has a dream in which he performs magic. Now, in reality, 
David Ogden Stairs originated the role of Feldman the Magnificent, a magician, in the Broadway production of The Magic Show. That's very cool. I wonder mm. if that was before or after this episode. Uh, I, sh- I should think it's probably before. You think so? I, I thought yeah. maybe uh, when Alan was writing this, he like, oh, well, you know, David did this play where he was a magician, so I'll make him a magician. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I thought I think The Magic Show is before. before. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Um, of all the dreams, Hawkeye is the only one with any dialogue, as Meds mentioned earlier. Potter's dream, his mom's voice can be heard, but she's never seen. And uh, this is one of two episodes featuring Peggy Honeycutt. Also, uh, Colonel Potter appears in five different dreams, as Med mentioned earlier, which was a kind of, I didn't even really realize that. It's a kind of cool tie-in that he's in every episode. Um, and obviously that's more than any of the other characters. In addition to his own dream, he's appeared, he appeared in BJ's Clinger, Mulcahy's, and Winchester's dream as well. Um, his appearance in Winchester's dream is cut from the syndicated version of this episode. Oh, right. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Yeah, uh, bloody syndication. Um... <laughs> well, it's over. 211 patients in 33 hours. Well, it's good to know we could do it. Why couldn't they just choose up sides and thumb wrestle? A couple of good manicurists could handle the whole thing. Morning, cousins. How y'all? Well, you came through it all right. For a dead man. Are you kidding? I thrive on collapse. Air conditioning your meat? No, I'm deciding whether or not to eat it. I think not. Seen one too many livers today. Is this liver or am I changing a tire? Why don't you go on back to the swamp and go to sleep? I don't know. That sounds like too much trouble. Trivia time. Here we go. Now, last episode's question was this. When Radar was promoted to second lieutenant, who was responsible for his promotion? And the answer is Sergeant Woodruff. Now then, in this episode's question, we have this. Radar decided that women would go for him if he had a tattoo. What did he choose to have tattooed? Hmm. There you go. Go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. Well, it's been a miserable, grueling, rotten couple of days. A little shut-eye would go down great right about now. You can say that again. Even my teeth are dozing off. Compared to the way I feel, Rip Van Winkle was an insomniac. <laughs> well, good night, folks. If you need me, I'll be unconscious. Ah, uh, to sleep. A chance to dream. On the other hand, maybe I'll have another cup of coffee. That's uh, a good idea. Help keep us warm. I'll pour. Big shot of this one. Yep. You can find MASH 4077 Podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching Facebook.com slash MASH 4077 Podcast. Or just type in MASH 4077 Podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com, slash geeky fanboy. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I am so happy I revisited this episode because, like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't one of my favorites, and now it actually it's really well-made, well-done, very enjoyable, and obviously meds, it's the top of the top for you. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast, and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world, so if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.